0: FCC is again price gouging radio stations, and the NAB is pissed. And it's about time the NAB did something for radio. We weighed a little bit into the value of social media for radio and TV broadcasters, and in a surprisingly acrimonious meeting, the NAB gets into a big pissing match with one of their key allies as they try to develop next gen television. So, good morning. We're back with another episode of Media Insultant. My co-host Keith Samuels is right next to me. Keith is in Southern California. <laughs> good, good morning, Keith. How are you? Good to <laughs> Great, see you Jackson. Too. Good morning, buddy. So we are here doing Media Insultant. We do this every Tuesday and Friday, and you can pick us up on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Or a video is available on Vimeo and the Media Insultant Showcase, and we just spout our ideas and comments and. Occasionally a couple of good ideas and occasionally a couple of really bad ideas. So we just have a lot of fun with it. And And maybe a
1: few zingers along the way. Zing, 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 zing. That's right. And and we we hear about it
0: when we do. We always hear about it. We welcome you, though, today (laughs) to Tuesday's episode, July 12th, of Media Insultant. Ouch! We opened this morning's show, Keith, with a note from Yahoo Finance that Odyssey now is down to eighty-one cents per share. Big bite. This, when they merged Ooh. with CBS, I think they were around twelve, thirteen, fifteen dollars, something like that per share. They've gone from twelve to eighty-one yeah. cents, and even with my feeble math brain, that's not the right direction. <laughs>
1: No, that's like ninety. They've lost like ninety-five percent of their share value. Yeah. it's just it's just insane. It's just insane. It's actually lower than their spot <laughs> rates
0: now. Dave, but not much. David Field must must be having a hard time sleeping these days. And and now you know really what what's happening is now the speculation is pretty open that Odyssey is probably going to have to enter bankruptcy later this year. They just aren't generating enough cash to service their debt. So my question is, when you have all three major radio broadcasters, Cumulus, iHeart, Odyssey, all going through bankruptcy at least once, and some may go through it twice, there's speculation on Cumulus on that, and even iHeart, how does that affect the radio business when it comes to an ad agency or it comes to clients who say, your business is going bankrupt?
1: Yeah, it affects it very negatively. I mean, the image isn't great. Well, for radio, it's all about audio, and then they, you know these audio companies that you know have all this podcasting and all this streaming and all this all this you know over-the-air radio uh, audiences, and they haven't been able to monetize it uh, because they're competing with all the digital uh, companies. But uh, you know, it, it then becomes just a real bummer. It's like, why? Why do I mean? You guys are losers. You guys are like, you guys can't run your business. You know, you you know you consolidated. You bought your big groups. You went into debt to do it.
0: Well, did you see Not the same thing happen in the newspaper business? I mean, the newspaper business was crumbling.
1: Do you think that affected clients' attitudes on that too? Somewhat, somewhat. I think the the industry itself ate itself because the people that that write and edit and publish newspapers hate the people that owns them that own them. Right? They hate these big companies and they hate these hedge funds and they hate these. The investor groups that come in, they hate them. They hate they're evil. They're bad. They're going to ruin our business. They're going to cut and slash. And these guys come in to, the, to a newspaper and they go, what a lot of waste. Look, what is this going on? And by the way, you don't have any freaking revenue. You're not selling any ads. So sell ads and we're going to cut you know expenses on a business model that's 150 years old. So, uh, you know, but th- but that's a business that that people in radio don't hate radio. People in television don't hate television those of us in over the air media love what we do and they love the product we we create we love the connection with our audiences we love the results we get for advertisers but the people in newspaper particularly the people who write and editorialize and run newspapers you know they hate their ownership they hate their group and they all want to be digital anyway and they don't want to print a paper anymore anyway it all they all want to play the digital game it's a, it's a little well, bit different uh, here
0: we're already four and a half minutes into into our show and we haven't even hit our first topic so, <laughs> so what what happens on media and Sultan? we ah, kind of get okay we get carried away on topics and <laughs>
1: All let's, let's the go fun. Let's well go our, to our first topic
0: actually uh, was brought up okay. by a, a very thoughtful broadcaster a guy by the name of Craig Hansen down in St. George, Utah. Yeah, he's he's okay. a he's an extraordinary broadcaster. I'm a little prejudiced. I sold against him in Salt Lake for decades, and, and not very successfully, I might say. He ran Bonneville's radio yeah. stations, and then he um, he and David Simmons formed a oh. company called Simmons Media, and they bought a big group of radio stations all over yeah. the western half of the country. He now has uh, bought a cluster down in Saint George and is semi-retired and still very active in the business. He's a very first-class guy. Absolutely love him. He was one of the guys who invented culture before culture was cool you know he really created good culture in in his station so craig brings up a really relevant question he says am i wasting my time with my social media he was pinged by our comment a couple of weeks ago that facebook had done a study that talked about the top 20 viral postings and one of them was from a radio station that was seen 92 million times and had it was shared three hundred three thousand times so the question is Is that doing my radio station any good? That's what Craig is asking. You and I both have had real mixed emotions about how much time stations put into social media and its real value. So the real question with the recession looming, is it worthwhile for stations to continue to hammer? You know, uh, Town Square has a requirement that all their on-air talent has at least three or four postings per day. Is it three? Okay.
1: Three. I think it's three.
0: Which is, Which is uh, maybe that's very effective for them. I, I don't know. They certainly have to, you know, they have to drink the Kool-Aid because they sell this stuff too. You know, all, this, all the digital products that Town Square sells. Right. So the question, though, really is where, is, where do you think this is going? Is social media just a way of reaching our P1 listeners? Or is there a way to expand audience using social media effectively?
1: Well, I, I'm a Luddite because I don't think uh, most of the people that um, are listening to radio or even watching TV, for that matter, are also you know, doing it based on what somebody posted on Facebook. Oh, did I miss that on the feed? Because I, I checked into Facebook you know, two hours ago, and I'll check in probably later this afternoon. And if it hit my feed between now and then, I'm not going to see it. I'm just going to see what's most current or most recent probably. Uh, and I think that's how most people consume it. It's like kind of when I have a moment, I'm going to check and see how my friends are doing on their trip in Italy. You know? And if I see a comer- if I see a radio station, which I, I think I follow one or two shows on radio stations, because you have to follow the personalities. You don't just follow the station. You follow your favorite personality. And now, and now if you're 14 years old, then maybe you're following Ryan Seacrest. But by the same token, what's he going to tell you that you don't already know or don't or, or you care about? So, I, I, I hearken back to our conversation with Ed Steeman a week ago, and Ed was talking about how so much of what they do on social is a complete waste of time. It's content that nobody cares about. It's worthless. Except, and he goes he goes on and gives the example of a high end e- exotic car show that he's putting on in Las Vegas, and that has lots of vid- video and 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 photographs and you know in, in a way to kind of tease the audience. That's really made for kind of blowing up on social, if you will, because there's something new to see and something fun to talk about. Otherwise, I took it from Ed. Otherwise, just <laughs> shut the heck up. Leave me the Well, but but he, he did okay? say, he did you know? say at one and point, so, he said,
0: clients will ask for it. And he said, so we'll do a freeze frame of, you know, the client on Facebook and pass it on to him. And nobody ever checks it. Nobody ever, they go, okay, fine. We got that box checked off.
1: Checked it off. You know, we did the playbook. We did so many, uh, so many postings. So, no, I, I think it's and it's it's really cluttered. And so, you know, how do you cut through? And you don't. And and even guys like you know Bob Hoffman and others, uh, uh, Mark Ritson in uh, in Tasmania. You know, these are these are brilliant worldwide marketers who continue to harp on the point that there's no major brand that was built yeah. on yeah. social media. It this doesn't happen, but it's free. It's easy, and and if you're in the digital social department at a at a cluster of a radio station, you're just that's all you can think about doing. You know, so, if, so if, if the whole world is, if all you have is a hammer,
0: everything's a nail. Everything's
1: a nail, right? And they're just hammering away on social, no matter what you as a consumer care about. Okay, here's about what I think we ought to see.
0: do. I think we ought to continue to look for a viable sales story around social media because it's here, and I think as much as anything, Craig's question is how how do we make it viable. How do you turn it into something that actually yields revenue, that actually builds audience? Don't know if that's there, but let's kind of keep an eye on it over the next uh, couple of months and and see what what happens.
1: Well, that's the key, and there's and there's a case that I'm watching uh, as well for uh, uh, for a classic rock station on Boise. I what market K G L. They're in, but they're, uh, they're having a big yeah. They're in Boise, right? They're having that. They're having this big blow up on social media, only on Facebook, not on their website, where they're. They're using the pride flag and they have their logo over the pride flag. And, and, you know, they claim they're getting a lot of flack over it. Frankly, I don't think they're getting any flack over it. Cause I don't think anybody really cares about what the Eagle does on their Facebook page, but it got to be so negative that we're keeping it up for another month. We're going to show you bigots out there. We're keeping it up for another month. And they you know, it's blown up on social all over the country and I'm waiting for the spring book to come out. This happened in June, and there is no summer book in Boise. It's spring and fall. It's a two-book market, so we'll we'll see what you know how their their spring goes. And I have it in my files to check when the fall book comes out. We're going to come back uh, early in two thousand twenty-three and go. Remember that station, the Eagle in Boise. Wonder if that. You know, Facebook campaign really blew up their audience, Good. and we have, we'll have a little Good. case study. Well, the
0: FCC about. has done it again. You and I constantly talk about the FCC being out of sync with the digital world. They have hit radio with a 13% increase in FCC fees. Now, the FCC needs money to operate, and a few years ago, Congress said, you're on your own. Charge all these Yoho's who've got radio and TV and satellites and, you know, get your money from them. (laughs) They collect $381 million to operate on. And now now, let me be clear. It isn't just radio that has an increase. The FCC has jurisdiction over everything from submarine cable to satellites. And, uh, you know, for example, TV stations pay by population. So in your market, KBC probably pays about $150,000. They do pay $150,000 a year. But in Boise, KBOI TV pays six thousand a year. But radio, radio has uh, been has been based on uh, instead of coverage area, they base it on population served. So I'm, I'm not quite sure why there's a distinction there. But the range from thousand dollars a station to twenty three thousand dollars. So this, but this thirteen percent increase is really a big hit for radio, particularly because as we've talked about. We still have a business that isn't back to where it was four years ago. Let exactly. alone three so, years ago, yeah. And the NAB yeah. is really coming out squawking about this. And, uh, you know, I just my, mm. I think my only real takeaway on it is got to count on the NAB to somehow punch above their weight and see if they can make the FCC change their direction on this. Unfortunately, the NAB has very little leverage on the FCC. They have a lot of leverage on individual mm. congressmen. And senators, because they represent a constituency in each of those communities, the FCC basically is probably going to look at this complaint and go, "Yeah, life's a bitch, tough, tough totems, right?
1: Tough totems." And it is interesting too, because I, I, you know, where did the FCC come out and justify the size of their department? You know, what, their expenses every year. What, did, did they come out and say, you know, we're the same size as we were in 1996? Uh, We haven't grown or, you know, there's been some growth in expenses, but it's been really reasonable Uh, or they just come to you and say, okay, you're paying 15% more. That's the deal. And it's like, well, well, who the hell are you? And what have you done for me lately? Other than make my life absolutely (laughs) miserable with all your stupid rules and all your stupid paperwork requirements. And by the way, all my digital pals, all those guys at Google and Facebook and Amazon don't have to deal with the FCC at all. They're free to do whatever they want, say whatever they want, and so is so are all the cable companies, all the cable nets. They don't have they don't answer the FCC. The only people that the FCC regulates, well, I'm sorry, they you do, you did talk about satellite transmissions, and you did talk about sub ocean cable, and radio and TV, and it's radio and TV that they go after all the time with their rules and the regulations. Well, they do and have their some uh,
0: supervision over cable. They don't have any over content and that kind of thing. So they do have a little bit over cable but right. but your point is right i think what i want is i want a business that is great i don't have to be accountable for anybody on what i spend i can just charge my customers whatever i want to whenever yeah. okay. i want to and do it year right. after year that's right. the business we should be in yeah. but no yeah if you want if you want yeah you want your license <laughs> pay the fee all right well this next squabble is kind of interesting uh, the, the nab and uh, has been in particular active in getting next gen television going. This is uh, the technology you and I have talked about. It's technically called ATSC 3.0 and it's digital and it has yep. all kinds of supposed value with digital pathways that will be exciting and you'll be able to drive at 75 miles an hour in your car and watch TV. Uh, you know, other than that, I haven't found much of anything that's very useful about it. But the Consumer Technology Association is a group of guys. Who get together and they work with manufacturers to on agreed upon standards, so that you know every HDMI plug isn't different, so that everybody has the standard receiving network and the re- standard receiving process. So, NAB is trying to get CTA to make sure that manufacturers make compatible with next gen TV television sets. Obviously, because it has no value if people can't watch their television on a next gen television. So, they evidently had a very innocuous kind of a, a convention or a, an event here a couple of weeks ago. It was a, uh, well, what did they call it? The Advanced Television System Committee Next Gen Broadcast Conference. And if that doesn't put you to sleep, yeah. yeah How did we very, miss that? Very, very geeky. Wow. Gosh. But the CTA CEO is a guy by the name of Gary Shapiro, and president of the NAB is a guy by the name of Current uh, Legate. They got really into each other. I mean, essentially they somebody asked him, mm. How are you guys working together? And if you're working together, what's that going to look like? And essentially Shapiro just came out with guns blazing. He said he thinks the NAB supports all kinds of things that are contrary to what CTA wants. He says the NAB wants to stifle technology. They are trying to pass a law that prevents companies with more than $100 million in revenue from acquiring another company, which is an obvious Google, Facebook kind of a play. Uh, they want to put a tax on all devices. NAB wants to put a tax on all devices. Uh, and, and I don't know what that is about. That's another thing. And they, they also disagree with him over the music rights, the performance for for music. Mm. And so it got pretty heated, which, as I said, is really unusual. And and Shapiro, you know, made the comment. He said, you know, it's really hard to have a partnership when the other guy's showing up with a knife in your back. What do you read on this? And you know, I I don't know anything really about CTA other than you know it's another one of those trade groups. You go, oh, I didn't even know they existed. But is this serious or is this just just a, a tempest in a teapot?
1: Yes, tempest in I'm going tempest in a teapot for the, for all of us. For these two guys, it's a big deal, I guess, you know, and I'm certainly glad that my HDMI cable fits on every one of my devices because the CTA has made sure that that happens. Um, but, and by the way, I've got my dongles on my Apple because Steve Jobs decided not to have inputs anymore for disk drives or for <laughs> micro, anyway, all that stuff. So I guess Steve Jobs is his own consumer technology association. Focus, Keith, focus. But, in, you know, <laughs> up in the big sky above. <laughs> You know, again, you know, it's this. It's this. Uh, you begin to see the tension between, um, you know, an over-the-air, primarily over-the-air trade association, which is what the NAB is. It's really protecting over-the-air radio and over-the-air right. television, primarily. And over-the-air is being destroyed by uh, digital audio, digital video, streaming, and the big, you know, Facebook, Google, what do they call it, yeah, Facebook, the, the big, Google, the big four, Google, whatever big tech four, whatever um, they are, yeah.
0: Microsoft and.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, if, if yeah, you know, we're 50% of all the ad dollars are going. And so the NAB is just trying to hold, you know, kind of hold down the fort could protect the fort for us, pull up the, you know, the drawbridge and pour hot oil into the moat, you know, to keep anybody from attacking us. And, and, and the CTA guy's kind of neutral. He goes, look, I'm just selling this stuff. I, I'm just selling it to consumers who want to buy this stuff. They want smart TVs. They want, you know, all this, all this equipment that they can use to, do all their streaming and all that stuff. So I, I, whatever. So I I could see why Shapiro would see the NAB as a, as a boat anchor to, uh, to making his job more difficult. So, you know,
0: as you said, it probably is of no consequence long term. but we've watched next gen TV for some time because we think it is truly a solution looking for a problem. And, Maybe they'll find it one day. We'll, we'll, we'll keep searching. All right, you know, we have done it again. We, we have run out of time. Uh, another episode of Media Insultant has yes, come yes. to a close. To a, to a crashing halt. <laughs> skidding, skidding into that TV tower. Uh, we do new shows each Tuesday and Friday. We'd love any comments. Uh, Jackson at InTownMedia.com. Uh, we'll be back on Friday when we'll be asking a question about how can local radio and TV accept ads for the Evil Weed? You know, the, the the big cannabis monster that's in that's legal yeah. in some states. Yeah. We'll be talking yeah. about that. So, in the meantime, Keith.
1: Oh, okay, dude.
0: I, I knew you'd have to get <laughs> all that. Right. I just knew you'd have to get that.
1: Okay, let me get my let me oh, get All my right, That's out. good. See, see you on Friday, Friday Keith. Thanks much.